Welcome to the Rebel Energy Podcast with me, your host, Jade Ellsbury. I'm a corporate dropout and multiple six-figure online business owner. My mission is to help you get out of the nine-to-five mindset and create a new narrative for moms working from home to gain more freedom, more income, and living your dream life by cultivating your own rebel energy. So grab a glass of wine, get comfy, and let's dig in. All right, Rebels, I'm so excited to be here today. Her name is also Jade, but she is a marketing coach, strategy coach. She's going to be talking with us today about how to do pricing as an entrepreneur and what that looks like. And I know when I talk to a lot of new virtual assistants or even sometimes experienced virtual assistants as well too, there's always those mindset pieces that come up or if they pivot their business, they're like, I'm not sure what to charge. So I'm really excited for Jade to break it down for you guys here today. So do you want to say hi, Jade? (laughs) Hello. This is so fun. It's like the Jade and Jade show. I know. I love it. I don't have a cool accent like you do though. Oh no. Well, your your accent is a cool one to me. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about pricing because I think it's one of those topics that comes up at every level. Yes. And there's always something new going on. So yeah, happy to dive in and um, explore the topic and see where it takes us. Yes, yes, me too. So why don't you start off with just telling us a little bit about like what made you want to start an online business? Or did you know that? Or did it kind of turn into that when you first got into it? Mm, Interesting. So I think I've been one of those people who has always been an entrepreneur. Like my first business, I think I was 11 And like looking back, I'm like, how did we even know that stuff? But we had like branding and a logo. And I used to like make hair accessories with my friend at school. And we would like sell them to the teachers and the kids. So I've always had that entrepreneurial flair. I've always been in a sort of self-employed role most of my life. And I used to work in corporate sales for many years. And I loved it and was really successful, like winning loads of awards and loved everyone that I worked with. And our company got bought out by a big Fortune 500 who were amazing, but they had these plans for me to, you know, climb the corporate ladder and be this, you know, on the board of this oh. big company that I just realized I wasn't excited to do and was been a bit of a rebel, like my freedom. So I decided to leave without knowing what I was doing, where I was going. And it kind of found me. I think I did what most people do. And I just saw a video or an advert and I ended up purchasing a course. And the way I describe it is like entering Narnia. And it was like, I was wardrobe. And it's like, how did I not know this world existed? And then I just naturally started helping people with their sales and things like this. So I kind of was like, oh, well, there's my business. I'm just doing what I did for my corporate clients with entrepreneurs. So it kind of found me, but it's really the freedom that's always led me. And that's why I call my business Freedom Zest, because it's about doing what you want, when you want with the people that you love and not having a boss tell you where you can go and what you can do. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, you and I are the same. Also too, I just have to preface really quick. I love that you brought up Narnia because that was one of my favorite books um, and movies. And I just watched it like a week or two ago for the first time with my kids. So I'm like, as you're saying that, like, oh, I love that. But um, also to the rebel part, I, I always, I mean, obviously that's why I named this rebel energy podcast is because I feel you and I are part of that small one to 2% where it's like, we don't, 
want to have the routine. We don't want to wake up every day already knowing what our day is going to look like. Also the flexibility too, right? Like I told my kids, my kids are downstairs being super quiet. I'm like, mom is recording a podcast for 30 minutes. Be quiet. Where, you know, if I was at a nine to five, I feel like I'd be way less productive, you know? So I absolutely love that. So tell us a little bit about um, like how you found your niche with like the, the pricing, um, the marketing and all of that. Mm. So in the beginning, like looking back my pricing, I really wasn't sure where I should be pricing because I, I was charging five figures, six figures doing corporate, big corporate contracts. And then I came into this online space and I'm like, now it's like I'm charging for me. Like I'm not doing it for a company. It's me. So I started off just doing like really like what I felt was realistic at the time. So I think I started off with a few like small packages where it was like a hundred dollars for an hour, you know, until yeah. I was finding my feet. And then I'm like, God, I'm actually like really good at this. So it was like a gradual as I started, um, you know, signing a few more clients, getting results, the, the pricing would go up. And I actually quite like that um, process because I think it's really selling with integrity. Um, not saying you can't come out of the gate and charge 10K, 20K, but I think, you know, start with getting results for people mm -hmm. and then demonstrate you can get a return on investment and then pricing goes up in accordance with that. Yes. I love that. I always say too, because the first, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was like, charge your worth. And I obviously ended up hating that. I, I, you know, a coach broke it down and was like, you know, your worth cannot be equal to a dollar amount. Like I love that. So now I say charge the amount of value that you're able to give. And yeah. so for a lot, again, right. Like my clients usually newer to beginner, um, beginner to intermediate virtual assistants, but with them, they're like, well, I've, I've never done this before. You know, what do I charge? And so, you know, I tell them don't charge any less than 25. Like, do not do it. I'm um, like, that's a pretty low rate actually for a virtual assistant. And they're like, what? Like, I thought I have to start off at like $10 or $15. I'm like, no, because you always have those transferable skills. And, you know, even if you've never been a virtual assistant in the online space, I'm like, what if you got 10 years of like admin experience or maybe you went to college for graphic design and like you have a degree in it. So really looking at, again, like the value that you can do. So like what you said, you're brand spanking new. You did start off a little bit lower, but if you look at, you know, what you said, like 60 minutes getting to work with you for a hundred dollars, you're charging a hundred dollars an hour. Like that's amazing, but it's also low enough where people are going to want to work with you at that lower rate. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I put it up really quickly, but for me, that felt, um, it felt comfortable and I really wanted to like figure out well, where am I adding value? What are the problems these people are having? How am I fixing them? Because I came with, you know, years of experience in high ticket selling, um, how to sell business to business, but that the whole online marketing space was quite new to me. Even though I'd been doing sales copies for years and using LinkedIn and Twitter, like Facebook, and, you know, back in those days, it was, you know, people were still using like Periscope and then Snapchat yeah. came out. So it was a very different world. So I was like, I need to immerse myself in this world and really like learn this stuff. But yeah, those prices went up really quickly. I'm, you know, talking in a, within a couple of months, I was doing packages. And I think I always did packages from the offset. 
I didn't, I, I think I've never done just, unless it's been a special thing, um, there's never been like, you can just book one session. It always was, you know, six sessions at this much. And then that's worked really well. And I find with my clients, and you've probably experienced this as well, I find that topic around charger worth really interesting because my stance has always been what you charge is, it's not correlated to your worth. Your worth, if yes. you charge your worth, we need to be charging millions. Right, yeah. exactly. Powerful <laughs> and magical. Um, and it's about separating you and how you feel with the service and the solution that you're offering. If you are ready to have Rebel Energy and launch your virtual assistant business, then head over to basictobookedout.com to get started. And I think too many, and this is especially women, they get too stuck in their head when it comes to things like pricing and offers because they're thinking around how they feel. You know, if they feel yes. good today, they feel confident versus, like you said, this is what I'm bringing to the table. I've got a degree in this. I did, like you said, graphic design at university. I've got X amount of years working in a job. You're bringing a lot to the table. So you need to look at that on its own as opposed to getting how you feel mixed up with the thing you're selling, which is the hard part. Really. Yes. I love that. And sorry, I'm like taking a little note as well too, because I'm like, I really want to cut out that chunk of what you said about um about the part about women. Because I think a lot of times too, right? Like we it's in our nature, right? The majority of us where I mean, I will say I have a little bit of masculine energy, right? Like I will nurture, nurture, nurture. But once I get to the point, it's like, okay, we need to shit or get off the pot. We need to do this. But I see so many women where they it's either like a lack of confidence. Maybe they're like an empath. That's me, where someone I really want to work with in the DMs, I had to learn the hard way of like, oh, we'll give you a discount because, you know, maybe you're a single mom or this or that. So I guess with that being said, right, if they're one of those like caregivers, one of those nurturers and things like that, what would your biggest piece of advice be for not kind of going into that rabbit hole of not sticking with the prices that they already have set up to accommodate someone that we can't afford them? This is such a great question. And I totally get the empath thing. Um, when I first started online, I was working with a, a coach who worked really closely with Tony Robbins. And we did this test. And I, I don't know what it was called, but it basically gave like your, your hundred top skills and attributes. Okay. And my top 10 was all things around, you know, developing others to success and, you know, leadership and all of these typical projector um, yes. things that I had. But then I had one, he was like, this is a big issue. He said, your empathy levels are 9.8 out of 10. And this is going to be really hard for, for, for someone selling because you're going to let how you feel and their stories, you're going to buy into it. So this yes. is what happened to me. When I was selling to, to you know, global corporates and leaders, I was really good at this. I came into the company. I raised all of our rates by average, like 5%, which was massive in their like 15 year history. And I was like really skilled at negotiating and never like reducing prices um, to the point where I you know, used to like train the whole company on this. And then what I noticed when I then was selling online and it was me selling me, mm -hmm. these 
things came up, you know, like you mentioned the empathy and people will give me these stories and I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And all that. So let me, you know, let me do this for you. Let me bend and twist. Yeah. And the things that I, when I used to train people in, you know, discounts and the things I would always train, you don't discount, you can negotiate, you can remove something, but you don't just give a discount for like no yeah. reason. And then I quickly learned a lesson on this because there was one particular person who I'd been helping for free because she was giving me all of these sob stories. And it wasn't like official coaching, but I used to do long trips in my car to one of my um, properties that I have on the other side of the country. So I was like, well, I'm in the car anyway. And I like to talk to people. So I can just have a quick chat to her thinking in my head, you know, I'm helping her. And then when she's got money, we're going to work together. And I really did want to help this person. And then I think I had maybe like two calls with her and she had all these stories about, you know, money. And then she, um, I found out she'd paid a friend of mine $10,000 in full. And it turns out that even though she never has any money, whenever she wants the money, her parents, you know, give her the money. And she was a mum with kids. And that was a real wake up call for me because I then realised and this is a really hard thing to have to accept. I then realized a lot of people are stuck in their money stories and they yes. will do this story. And you you have to accept that 99 times out of 100, it is just a story. It's not reality. They can get the money if they want to. And you have to focus on working with the people who are ready to work with you because it's not about the money. It's about their mindset. It's about if they trust yeah. themselves to do it make your money from the people who are ready. And if you want to do charity work or you want to do pro bono, great. I mean, I've just been on a seven day trip on a cruise with Virgin and like 30 other amazing women in business. And one of the, the ladies there, she's now at a point in her business where 50% of the work is pro bono because mm -hmm. she's investing and she's got to a level where, you know, she can do that, do that, like bring in the money and then help people. But when we fall into that trap of buying into their stories, it always ends up in a mess because yep. you're working with people who aren't self-led. I mean, I'm sure you've been there. They don't take action. They're the complainers and the blamers. Yeah. Um, so that was a really valuable lesson for me. And I quickly, if someone gave me anything around their money story, I was like, that's fine. They're not ready. Like, let's speak to the next person who's ready. Yep. And I know for me, because I hear that all the time of, well, I, you know, and they, I don't even post my, my pricing anywhere. People have no idea unless they heard from it, you know, heard it from someone that's actually in my program, but I don't do that because so often they'll be like, oh, can't afford that, but they actually can. It's a lot of times they don't, we, I haven't nurtured, like we haven't, we haven't talked. They just go to my website, then find the pricing like, oh, I need something cheaper. And it actually does them a disservice by me posting it. Because as you know, we do one-on-one -on -one coaching. If they want something passive for, you know, a 10th of the price, go do that. But you're also not going to get the results that you get when you come to work with me. But I hear that all the time. I can't afford to invest. And I'm like, you don't even know how much it is. And I'm like, that's yeah. because like what you said either their mindset or they don't know enough about the program to actually see the value. Maybe they don't see the results with their clients, et cetera. But I know I've gotten burned plenty of time and I've had to learn that as well too. And the people that aren't even, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, if they don't have 
you know, maybe like the lump sum up front or something, but they, but they'd go and take the action. Like maybe they went to PayPal credit and they only got approved for like, you know, 800 instead of a thousand or something like that. Yes. We work with those people because they're taking the action, but if they're not even willing to like try and figure out something with me, those are not my ideal clients for exactly what you said, because a lot of times they can't find the money. They just don't see the value behind going and doing that. Totally. And also I now know for a fact that on the entrepreneurial mindset does not operate from that, that space of, you know, what go wrong. Like the people who are true entrepreneurs, they make it happen. They looking at the cost of inaction versus the cost of finding this money. Now, those who are I, I say they have like a frugal mindset and they're saying they're entrepreneurs, but they're actually running their business like they're an employee that, you know, they're looking at your price. And that saying, was me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't afford that versus being like an entrepreneur and thinking, well, for instance, in my case, my sales are only X amount a month and that is not changing with me trying it by myself. If this continues for six more months, I'm going to have to go back and get a job. I don't want to do that. So actually if I sell all my stuff on eBay or whatever you need to do in the next couple of weeks to get the money, that's not going to have to happen. But I'm at the stage in my business now where those are conversations I don't even have with people because it's the leaders now that I'm working with or people who have already got that mindset. And I think when you've yeah. been burned and you've you've worked with those people and it can feel heavy because it can feel like you're dragging them to to do the things to get the results, you, you just know that actually you have to just send them love and think, Maybe entrepreneurship's not for you. I hope you find your own way, but I'm here and holding space for those who are ready. Um, But yeah, it's a very interesting topic. And I think a lot of people see people that use stuff in their marketing, talking about things like investing in yourself and making big moves and all of this. And they think, oh, people just say that as a way to get you to buy things. But when you're on the inside and you see people that come to you like I had a um, lady that came to me before Christmas with all of these stories like that's a lot of money I can't you know like and she went and borrowed the money oh sorry there was two of them one one borrowed the money and the other one she she found the money she was like I'm not even telling my partner because he would (laughs) like that's your decision I'm not here to say it and then she went from selling like a couple of membership spaces in the early parts of a business to within a couple of months, she'd had her first five figure month, which is like insane. That um, is so crazy. She tripled her investment in a couple of months, but that only happened because, and I'm sure you've seen this, something happens when you speak to someone and they're in that place of, it's really uncomfortable. I could stretch to do it, but I'm scared. But you know what? I'm doing it anyway. It's like the universe delivers. Oh, yes. That's what I always say. Demonstrating that you trust yourself. Therefore, you're open to receive. Here you are. Versus I've got people that I've seen and, you know, lovely, lovely humans. But for many, many years, I've seen them in this same cycle of frugality and not really trusting themselves. And things don't change. And it's a real shame. But entrepreneurship isn't meant to be for everyone. Like you said, it's the 1%, the the 2% maximum. Crazy people that are just willing to take the leap and go and do that. And, you know, I remember my my investment story and I talk about my podcast, so I'm not going to bore you with it now and all that. But 
Um, like I did not have the money. I had the money at the beginning, but I'm I'm fucking stubborn. I was like, I got it. I'm a hard worker. I always figure things out. I got this. The online space is a whole different breed compared to corporate, obviously. And so I did on my own for 18 months. And exactly what you said, I found the money. I had enough. Thank God she did a payment option, a payment plan with me. It was three months of 1200 or 3000 paid in full. Definitely did not have the 3000 I drained my family savings trying to get my business up and going on my own because I'm a dumbass. So <laughs> I like all the stress, all of that. And then once I finally invested, I had 1400 in my retirement. Um, I took out 1200 made my first payment. Within three weeks, I had actually made back the entire investment of $3,000 and exactly what you said. Now, I do think that a lot of virtual, like, again, this is like my area and it might be different for you because you work with, you know, more, I guess, like established entrepreneurs, but they get really caught up in when they're going to make their ROI back. So they do comparison in RSA of like, well, so-and-so left her nine to five in eight weeks or so-and-so hit 4K in, in three months. I'm failing because I haven't done that yet. So what would be a big piece of advice that you would have for, for maybe like women in that, that mindset right now? Because I've seen it where they may not hit it during the three months, like, you know, X, Y, Z in the group, but six months down the road, because they didn't give up, they do get booked out, but they get, they beat themselves up because they didn't reach their own goal or because they're comparing themselves to somebody else. Mm, No, I love this topic. And yeah, it's a great question. One of the big things that I teach in my programs and when I'm working with clients is the energetics piece around selling. And what I always explain, and until you really get it, you just don't get it. But how you are feeling around your offers, your prices, things around your audience. If you're sat there saying, well, I've been doing it for six weeks and she'd already got there by six weeks. Why am I not there? People are not listening to me. I'm not getting any responses. I feel like it's crickets. All of those self-sabotaging, like negative thoughts about you. What happens is then you step out of your, your like personal power and your magnetism And then when you are showing up online, it doesn't matter how good your copy is or what funnel or strategy you're using. If if you're entering it with this feeling of, I don't believe this is working, energetically it comes across and your audience sense it and it's been really hard to sell. And as a projector, I'm sure you do this as well. I can see it. I can see someone when they're doing a post and it's, it's, got those things that are good copy, but I can sense there's some um, a disconnect between what they're saying and how they're feeling. So I would say to anyone in that situation, like first of all, it's your own journey. You can't compare your journey of someone else. You don't know. They might have more support at home. They might have more experience. They might have more energy, less kids. There's a thing called the ACEs score, which is about what happened to you as a child and how trauma can affect you in your adult life. You wouldn't have the same score as them there. Like there's so many nuances to, it's not, it's not a fair race. We're not all starting from the same starting block, but the people who I see who do well and continue to do well, they have that belief in themselves. And when they are wavering, they get the support to, to get them through the unwavering because we all get it. Like the wheels fall off for all of us. And I see it with my clients at seven figures. Like there's another, but we say like new level, new devil. It's never, 
finished. So I think there's the people who are continually doing the inner work and understanding it's the inner work and the outer work. And then there's the people who are just ticking the boxes, doing the courses and say, well, I tried that and it's not working. And then they're scratching their head, wondering why they're not getting the results because they're not focusing on that like inner critic and the narrative and how they're feeling. And I I think there's so much like self-development and also to self-awareness. That's one thing. And I don't know if it's, a generational thing, or if maybe that's just what the universe has been throwing to me lately, but I see so much of a lack of accountability where they're like, well, I made the investment. Like, why am I not getting cl-? Like, I think that they don't understand too, that like being an entrepreneur is hard work. Like, yes, it may look easier for someone that's maybe a little bit further in their self-development. So for me, for example, I was a beach body coach <laughs> before oh. I started my VA business. So before I was a beach body coach, it was very much like I didn't want anyone to like, I remember at my baby shower, like I had so much anxiety at my wedding. I hated people looking at me. I failed all of my speech classes. Like I couldn't, I wouldn't even be able to do this. Um, but I started to not even, VA wasn't even on my radar at that point, but you know, I lost some weight had so much confidence. I started to show up as a beach body coach as well too. And so then when I actually, you know, finally got into the virtual assistant realm, like I was in a different place where, God, if I would have started that two years ago, I would be like, you want me to go talk to people in the DS? Like no way, not happening. So I think that there's a lot of that as well too, because they're like, well, you know, Jay got, you know, 3K in three weeks after investing. Yeah. But I was also in a way different headspace than I was two years before. Um, and so like what you said, it's not a fair race because we've got some clients where they're just like, I'm ready to freaking do this. They don't have that many mindset blocks. They have other people where it's like they're like they're just so scared to do anything. So they've got a lot more mindset blocks to work through. So I like that you brought that up just to show my listeners I'm not full of shit and that it is a real thing. <laughs> it is. And that the the higher you the, the more your business grows, the higher percentage it's about the inner stuff. Mm-hmm. Like totally. And I know you then know this as well, but I've had students that have been virtual assistants or you know, graphic designers, that sort of early entry service. And yeah. It is, um, they just want to know like what to do. Well, tell me what to do. Like, how do I, you know, where should I post and what should I say? Yeah. We'll get you your first few clients. But as you start to grow, it's about constantly leaning into your next edge. And it becomes less about the tactical and more about the inner work and the energetics. And in my experience, most people just, just never grasp that. They never get it. They never, they think, oh, I can just do a little bit of meditation or a little bit of mindset work and I'm good rather than constantly thinking okay well how am I feeling about my office today and my person well that's really interesting I need to clean that up they ignore it and you know the complaining and blaming can come up and you know the stuff you said like the race feeling like they're behind and then it just spirals and then I see people then they just get stuck at a level and then they never move because it's just round and round in circles yeah and just because you've made it I don't want to say made it because everyone's definition of success looks a little bit different, but there's always going to be doubt. Like I had a six figure year and then I went through a divorce and early 2021, 
I I think my highest month was like 13,000 in 2020. And the next year I was at a $2,000 month in May. And I was like, holy shit. But also too, is again, the energetics. I totally got rid of one-on-one coaching, totally went into passive. I went into passive with the wrong mindset. Also too, my audience was not big enough, biggest mistake ever. But again, it had to do with, with the energetic. So then when I went back to what was working before, which was the one-on-one coaching, I feel way more, I'm very much, I want to talk with you. I want to connect with you. I don't want you just to go to my website and go buy something passive. Like that's, that's just not me. So thank Jesus. I had another six figure year in 2021 because I pulled my head on my ass and I was like, okay, Jade, like, don't listen to this coach that you just hired. Like, what do you want to do? Um, and it's kind of reevaluate my business. So I, I, Love that you brought that up. One more question I have for you, because I get told this all the time. I'm like, hey, do you want to be a virtual, you know, when I'm first connecting with someone, do you want to be a virtual assistant or do you want to start an online business? Like, well, I've thought about it, but I'm not good at selling. Oh, that drives me freaking nuts. So what is your biggest tip? Because I know you market yourself as like, I make selling fun. So what would you say is like your biggest tip to make selling fun? I love this question. So one of the things that I say, and it's it's a little bit like speaking on stage. If you are going and speaking on stage and you are thinking about yourself, how you feel, how you look, that you're never going to have any impact in that room. You need to show up as though out of all of that audience, so there's a thousand people, even if just one person hears what you're saying and takes like takes action and you know has a transformation, your job is done. You have to yes. focus on the other and this is this is the thing and this is the reframe around selling selling is helping you've got people in your audience who need and want the help that you can provide the only way they can get that help is by you showing up doing your marketing and having that you know transaction aka selling to them so it is actually selfish. It is really selfish when we are stuck in our ego and they're thinking about how we feel and, oh, I did that live and no one commented or I sent out an offer and no one's bought yet. You are being selfish because you're just caring about yourself. If you truly are coming from a like heart, heart-led place from I really want these people to get the transformation that I know I can help them with, it is your duty. Like it really is. And like, yes, we can talk about making it fun and all of this, but I think until people can grasp this, they can't even move into the next stage, which is how can this be fun? Because they're still coming from the ego. It's all about them. You really have to reframe it and understand. I, I say to my clients, you're light workers changing the world one cell at a time. I've got clients who are helping with trauma and healing generational trauma that's been going on for decades. I spoke to one of my friends today who is a, a Hay House author and she's just signed a two book deal. And one of these books is going to be around using positive psychology to prevent suicide. She could not be helping the world with these sorts of things if she hadn't been able to grow her audience and show up and sell for all these years. So yeah. I would say to your audience, even if you're just starting out and you feel like, well, I'm only doing someone's admin or I'm only doing that. But in you taking that off their plate, what are they able to do? Because it's not just about the person you're helping, it's about the ripple effect. Who are their clients? Maybe they are helping people fix relationships or feel better within themselves or, you know, grow a business that is creating impact. 
And once you can remove yourself and think about the bigger ripple effect and realize that is your duty, you've got to show up every day, irrelevant of who is responding, irrelevant if there's any evidence and keep coming from that place of service. Once people grasp that, it's like a light bulb goes off and it's like, I just realized that I've just been holding back my magic and I've just, and then the fun can come. Yeah. And oh my gosh, guys, see, I'm not totally full of shit. I say that all the time too. I'm like, <laughs> we have a ripple effect. And I, I've told my clients this too, when they're feeling down, number one, no one knows what your business looks like behind the scenes. No one knows if you got ghosted 30 times yesterday, or if you did a call to action and, you know, no one went and booked a call, like no one knows. Also too, ebbs and flows, right? Like why I just mentioned, business is not always going to be hunky-dory. You're going to have those, you know, random a-holes that pop up or whatever it is. But if you're not sharing, even if you are just, you know, doing graphics for, you know, graphic designer for, for like, you really don't know who is really needing your help. Like you may think, well, I'm just offering graphic design. Like that's nothing. Cause I know you said like someone's helping them with like suicide and things like that. But you also don't know what's going on in their business. If you are a virtual assistant, they need you. You're not just doing graphics for them. You're opening up time and space and energy for them. Maybe they want to spend more time with their kids this summer. That's me, right? Like you are literally giving them so much more than just a task or, you know, like what you said too, like they're helping save lives. So if you're not sharing whatever it is that your magic looks like, you're doing them a disservice. Um, also too, I always say too, selling is the mindset. So if you go into it, like a freaking car dealership, you're like, all right, we got to sell five cars today. You're not going to do it. But if you go into it with like, oh my gosh, maybe a mom comes in and they, you know, she's needs a bigger van. Like you need to be passionate about what you do, no matter what it is and go into it with the headspace of like, who can I help today versus how much money can I make today? Or how many clients can I get today? Totally. And I'd like to just add one quick thing about the parents, because I think a lot of your audience will be selling to to moms or entrepreneurs that have kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, a real advocate for children being able to grow up with, you know, loving, present parents so they can grow up relatively trauma free with great self-worth and confidence so they can have amazing lives. Sadly, for you know many generations and for a lot of people in the world that is now not possible because so many parents have to work full time and kids are in school while with with nannies those in your audience who are helping people set up their business and free up their time i'd love you to really think about every hour of work that you're doing whatever menial task you might feel it is that is potentially an hour you're freeing up for that parent to be present with their young children that is so transformational like and not just for that child but for generations to come so it really potentially is a massive thing for generations to come that they're doing you you just have to realize that and not think about that small task that, at hand yeah no I love that so much and I that was my why I was like I want to be at home with my kids you know and again too like but also I'm the kind of person I I need to work like I and stay-at-home moms I get it like that is a full-time like that for me, I love my kids dearly. I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> but I did want them at home, you know, with me. So I had more like freedom and flexibility. And so I look at it as well, too, as like I'm showing them a different path 
than what I was expected. You know, I was expected to go to college and get a, you know, a nine to five job and climb the corporate ladder. Like the rest of us are programmed to do. I'm showing them, Hey, it's okay to work hard, but it's okay to play hard. It's okay to go to a trade school or be an entrepreneur and different things like that as well too. So I know we're going off on total TNJ, but I really do feel like that message is important as well too. Cause I feel like sometimes, especially with virtual assistants, I'm sure you see this as well too, with entrepreneurs where it's like they, they almost overlook the bigger picture of what they're doing. And I think that's a really important message, especially when it comes to selling to be confident in what you're doing. So thank you so, so much, Jade, for your time today. I know we went a little bit longer, but I'm totally okay with it because it was freaking value packed. And I know every single person needed to hear at least something that we had to say in this podcast episode today. So if anyone wants to go and follow you, how would they go and connect with you, Jade? I would say come and find me. I am on Instagram at Freedom Zest and my website is the same name, Freedom Zest. So you can track me down on most of the platforms, but my main places is Instagram and Facebook. And I just love this conversation. And I think it's amazing what you're doing. The fact that you're able to, you know, train up so many people to actually come on and be a virtual assistant and help these businesses grow the, yeah. the ripple effect of that is is massive. So just wanted to like acknowledge the amazing work that you're doing in the world. And this podcast is super fun. I'm so grateful to be here. I know. I'm so excited. I've, I've only had a couple of guest speakers in the past, but every time I get off, I'm just like, you guys energize me. I'm like, I needed to do this more often. So um, we'll have to do a live or something in the future. But thank you so, so much, Jade. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, then please hit subscribe. And remember, you are amazing, you are worthy, and you are capable. Until next time, Rebels.